hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I like that song, didn't you? Just hallelujah. I mean, just like, just let it out. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I think it's time the church stopped being intimidated by the way the world says the church ought to act. I think we need to speak up and we need to show up and, and, and we need to be ready when we get there. I'm real good at showing up. I'm not always prepared when I get there, but I'm good at showing up. And y'all showed up this morning. Thank you for that. Thank you to everybody that showed up online. We just got back from Tennessee and all of our beautiful friends in Tennessee. Thank you for who you are and for what you're doing. They've got a great thing going in Tennessee. And it's, it's a church of what's happening now. It's a happening church. And we're thankful for Jay and Brooke taking care of that. Thank you all for that. We love y'all. It's good to love everybody because that's what Jesus said. So I just decided I just love everybody that way. I wouldn't have to keep track of people I didn't love. <clears throat> I'm thankful for you. Thanksgiving. I, I want to talk to you this morning about a Thanksgiving perspective. One of the biggest challenges I think that I've challenged myself with and I've challenged you all with as well is to be able to perceive other people the way God perceives them, to see them from God's perspective. But also it's important for us to be able to see ourselves from God's perspective. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to be more critical of myself than I M of other people. Some people can be more critical of other people and not critical of themselves. But what I want to say is the, the healthy thing is to see ourselves from God's perspective. When you're praying, ask God what he sees in you and, and, and value the things that God values. One of the greatest things that you can do for yourselves is to be thankful. Because thankful people generally are a lot happier than grumpy people. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know about you, it was like happy people, thankful people, grumpy people. I think I'm going to go with the happy people. Yeah. So let's be grateful, let's be thankful, let's enjoy the presence of God. And the other thing that I love, and I love that about Marcy, uh, case in point, that uh, I believe that thankful people are better worshipers than grumpy people. If you're thankful, I don't know of, uh, and, and worshiping has to be intentional. Have you ever, like, and I, I've done this, so I know most people probably have too. You come to church and you're kind of tired and, and you're just like, ah, uh, and you just don't get into it. And maybe somebody's up there and they're just worshiping in a way and they're just, they're just like enjoying the presence of God and, and you're like, what am I, chopped liver? You're not feeling it, you know? You're like, you have to get yourself ready to be in the presence of God. 
So this morning I walk in like I always do, and, and I'm not feeling it. I know you think, because I'm a preacher, I should always feel it. Well, it doesn't always happen that way. So I go in the green room, and I'm not feeling it, and I'm just, you know how you just kind of get tired, and you just, just kind of want to push the snooze button. But I got down on my knees, and I felt the presence of God. And there's something about being in the presence of God that changes your heart and changes your attitude. And Darla came in, and, and we just, she prayed for me, and I prayed for her, and something happened right there because we acknowledged God and we expressed our gratitude for his presence in our lives. And it's something that is, I mean, you, you can't buy that with money, right? <clears throat> Thanksgiving perspective. The most healthful emotion known to humankind is an attitude of gratitude. One of the things I've noticed about worshipers, there's three things that I've noticed about worshipers. Worshippers and thankful people are available people. <laughs> They're just available to do things. And we had our, uh, our uh, volunteer appreciation ball uh, Friday night. We had, I don't know how many, probably four or 500 people there. But the, it's just amazing the people that that help out around this local body of believers and the things that do. But when we make ourselves available to God, God makes himself available to us. And because we're available to God, he inhabits the praises and the worship. And when we worship God with our actions and do things for the kingdom of God, that's when we worship and we become we get in his presence. So uh, worshipers, thankful people are available. Thankful people are faithful. Aren't you glad that God made himself available to you? Aren't you glad that God showed his faithfulness to you by sending his only son so that whosoever believes should have everlasting life? Because God has sown as a seed of faithfulness in us. We, in turn, are to be faithful back to him. I think worshipers, I think thankful people are faithful people. And the other thing that I noticed about God is that worshipers and thankful people are generous people. Aren't you glad that God was generous with you? And he continues to be generous with you. We serve a generous God, right? And because of that, we are generous back to God, not just with our tithes and offering or our, our money, because that's, you know, our, our, our money doesn't really impress God at all. It's so quiet in here. <laughs> I, I say your money and my money doesn't impress God. You know what impresses God? It's your heart toward him. Your heart toward, I was going to say your money, but if you belong to God, it's not yours anyway. It's good. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 95. Love, 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 love this chapter. Psalm chapter 95. Verse 1, 
Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Come, is there, don't raise your hand on this one, but do you ever come to church and not sing? Here, <laughs> I know some of y'all don't sing. And you're going, well, I don't know, I don't sing good. Well, it doesn't say, lift your voice to God, sing unto the Lord. If you sing on key, doesn't say that. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. <clears throat> Let it out. See, we, we have, we've got to get out of being intimidated and allowing our pride to keep us from the destination that God has for us. If you've got a voice, my goodness, use it and sing and worship God with what you've got. Amen. Let it out. Yeah, it's about time. It's about some, it's about time. Some of some of y'all like <clears throat> whoever came up with this business that you got to be quiet in church. Probably didn't read the Bible. Yeah. And, and all these holy people that they think they're holy, they think they're oh, they're so quiet and so somber and everything. And, and God, He's like, like. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the Lord. He is a, the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise. <laughs> to him with songs of praise. In other words, uh, if you can sing let it out. It says, come into his presence with complaining and whining. No. That's not what it said. It says, for the Lord is great. Verse 3, the Lord is great and the king, the great king above all gods. And his hands are the deep places of the earth. The heights and the strength of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And in his hand, he formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship. Let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, in reverent praise and, and supplication. For he is our God. And we are, I love this, the people of his pasture. And he wants to go catch you and put you in a trailer and take you someplace. <laughs> I got horses. Some of them are hard to catch yeah. in the pasture. Y'all with me? Yeah. <clears throat> some of them are hard to catch and some of them just run to you. Are you hard to catch? When God's coming, like he's like, he wants you to go on a missions trip or he wants you to go do something or go to a Bible study and you're like hiding in the corner of the pasture hoping he don't see you. Okay, I'll move on. <laughs> the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, everybody say today. 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 And then it says if. Everybody say if. If you will hear his voice. That's a big if. If you're paying attention in church, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts as at Meribah and Massa. This was a, this was a place where 
Moses struck the rock and it was the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tried my patience, God said, and tested me and proved me and saw my work of judgment. It says for 40 long years, for 40 long years was I grieved and disgusted with that generation. And I said, it is a people that do err in their hearts and they do not approve, acknowledge, or regard my ways. People that God brought out of bondage, that brought out of the land of Egypt and was taking them to the promised land. Did you know some people, you can take them out of Egypt, but you can't take Egypt out of some people? Some people love to be enslaved to the sin in their lives and they're complainers and they're they're, uh, whiners and they're backbiters and they're gossips and God's going to leave them in the desert until and just circling around that mountain, around that mountain one more time. He's like, God's like, hey, if you'll get the picture, I want to take you to the promised land. But as long as you're, you're whining and complaining about what you don't have, when you begin to get thankful in your life about what you do have, then I'll take you to the promised land. He said, wherefore, I swore in my wrath that they would not enter my rest. Um, Three quick points. Looking up, I'm thankful. Looking out, I'm thankful. And looking in, I'm thankful. What should make us thankful looking up? Looking up makes me thankful for the power of God. When I don't have power, God brings power to me. He says, in my weakness, he is made strong. In other words, God brings his power into me, and he brings his super into my natural. And because of him, I can overcome anything and everything in my life that, that will take away my joy and my peace. But be, my choice has to be to be thankful. You see... Thankful people, God doesn't make us be thankful. We have to make a choice to be thankful. There's a lady, she was an atheist, and she had a Christian friend, and and they were out one beautiful morning, and the the sun was coming up, and it was just gorgeous, and, and the lady was just the atheist lady. She says, oh, it's so beautiful, and I'm so thankful for, for this. And the Christian lady said, thankful to whom? Who are you thankful for, too? Because anything that is a blessing to us, somebody had something to do with it. And if you're an atheist and the sun comes up, you're just like, thank, uh, thank, uh, thank, uh, thank. Uh. Sure is pretty out here. <laughs> Looking up, it brings thanks for the plans that God has for us. Uh, you, you know, everybody knows Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope. Listen, don't, don't ever lose your hope 
for the future that God has for you. Always keep that peace in you. But one of the ways that you keep hope in you is by expressing your thanks to God and to be thankful and to express a joyful heart toward him. Uh, trust in the Lord by trusting God. We can look up for the plans. We trust him for the plans that he has for us. Uh, and we acknowledge him in all our ways because he directs our path. Looking up brings thanks for the presence of God in this Christmas season. You think about the name Emmanuel, which means God with us and that his presence, Emmanuel, the presence of God. And I just want to really emphasize today with you the power of the presence of God. You have to intentionally seek after the presence of God in your life. I hear people a lot of times, they say, well, God never talked to me. God, God doesn't ever do anything for me. He Listen, you have to do something for him. You have to intentionally get into his presence, get into the word of God and acknowledge him, get on your knees before God, bow down for, for him, your maker, and spend quality time with God. And when you become a worshiper of God and you're thankful for his word, then he will bring his word to you because he will never give his word unless that word is acknowledged and we are good stewards of his word. In other words, God's not going to give something to us is very valuable if we're not going to take care of it. Psalm 46, uh, one, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, the very present help in time of trouble. I'm thankful that the the Looking up brings the power of God. It lets us know the plans of God. And it lets us enjoy the presence of God. Looking out it also should make us thankful an outward look of, at God's blessings. Uh, in uh, Philippians 4.19, it says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. In other words, he's saying the godly people are the content people. But I also know godly people that aren't really very content. You ever been around grumpy people, but they, got, they go through all the emotions, they, they go through all the motions of being a Christian, but they're miserable people to be around. You been around them? I have. But it says godliness with contentment. It says you can be, you can exercise your godliness, but my plan for you is to be content in your godliness. Don't serve me because you have to. Serve me because you want to, because the blessings I have for you, be thankful for me. Be thankful for the plans I have. Thankful for the power I have. Thankful for the purpose that he has for you. Thankful that God has a plan for your life. And then you will be content in your godliness. Being content is something that's like, it's like, it's kind of relevant, isn't it? I mean, it's like, I'm really content until I walk into a Bass Pro Shop. Mmm, <laughs> mmm. Like, More guns. 
I really like my 110 2012 Chevrolet pickup. I really like it. <coughs> Until I look at all the brand new ones, and I'm like, hmm. I'm satisfied with my clothes until I go to Cavender's. <laughs> and I love our home. Well, I, honestly, I just have to be honest. I wouldn't change anything about my home. I love it. We've, we've bought and sold so many houses, I don't want to move no more. <laughs> so we're satisfied in every area of our life until we start comparing ourselves with what somebody else has. You see, the secret of a happy life is not to get what you want, but to appreciate what God has for you and to appreciate what you already have. You see, if, if, if you're always looking over the fence, you'll never look at what you already have and be blessed by it. Too many times we're really, really blessed. And really, honestly, the very best things for us is the things that God has for us. I could go into a lot of... I could tell a lot of illustrations about all that. I really don't believe that God will bless us with more until he can trust us with more. Not everybody that has a lot is really blessed. And, and I, people that don't have a lot of money, they're like, well, yeah, if I had a lot of money, I think everything would be all right. But with every blessing comes responsibility. And the more money you have, the more responsibility you have, and also more temptation you have to abuse the gift that God has given you. And, and it just, it, to be content with what you have, not that we don't strive for more and we don't do, but we can't let, uh, we can't be looking at what other people have and let it rob us of being thankful for what we have. Amen. This, this. Very, very important. Verse 7, it says that he is our God and we are the sheep of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. It's kind of funny, but when we lose the power, we don't ever think about, uh, we don't ever think about electricity till, till it goes out, right? I mean, we just, like, we'll, we'll turn that light on. Have you ever had the electricity go out and then you turn the light switch on and it didn't come on? I've done that. I'm, I'm kind of dumb about that. You just, you just take it for granted. But you see, we need to be thankful for electricity. We're thankful our, our, our uh, we, we're thankful that people come pick, we don't think about people coming picking up the garbage until they don't show up. When a good friend dies and suddenly we discover how much we, he meant to us. When our water becomes polluted and then we become thankful for clean water. You see the attitude in our culture for a lot of people is, is really what have you done for me lately and, and I just deserve all this. And, and whenever we have that attitude, it really robs us of our gratitude. He takes care of us. He supplies for us. And uh, the, the outward look uh, brings, uh, lets us appreciate the scenery that God provides for us. We, I got up early this morning, went out and fed my horses. And, and the sky was just beautiful. It was yellow and, and, and the clouds. And it was just gorgeous. 
I've learned and I've kind of had to get older to really appreciate it, but every day I believe that God paints a picture for us to enjoy. When the sun goes down and when the sun comes up and throughout the day, God just brings, lets everything come to life. And it's so, so gorgeous. I don't want to miss out on anything that God's prepared for me to look at because of the blessings that he's given to us. I'm a sucker for a good sunset. In verse four, it says, in his hands are the deep places of the earth, the heights and the strengths of the hills are, are his also. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. In a region of Mexico, there is a hot spring and a cold spring right next to each other. And uh, a lot of the, the local people, they'll go to wash their clothes and they'll, they'll wash their clothes in, in the hot springs and then they'll go rinse them in the, in the cold springs. And, and there was a, a tour guide and he took some tourists over there and, and they thought, the tourists they told the tour guides, man, that's just really cool. They must really appreciate what Mother Nature has given them. And, and the tour guide said, no, senor, they don't appreciate it. He said, they wonder why Mother Nature doesn't supply the soap. <laughs> <laughs> Our salvation is a gift from God that he came to us and, and brought his mercy and his grace and his gift, forgiveness and his, and his peace. Verse 8 through 11, it, it talks about what, what kept Moses out of the promised land, the complaining people. In verse 8, it says, Harden not your heart as Meribah and as, the, as at Massa in the day of temptation in the wilderness. You remember the deal, what happened, and, and they were in the wilderness, and they were thirsty, and everybody was hot, and everybody was grumpy, and, and everybody was miserable because they were in the desert. But I want to let you know that sometimes you've got to go through a desert to get to your promised land. And what you do in the desert will reveal your character much more than what happens in your promised land. Yeah. <laughs> So what they did, they went to complaining and, and there was just, so God told Moses, he said, speak to the rock and, and he'll make water come out of that rock. And Moses, he was so ticked off, he got his rod and he goes to whack in the rock and, and, and God's like, hey, 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 get a hold of yourselves. <laughs> and and uh, honestly, it says for 40 years, listen to this, for 40 years, I was grieved and disgusted with that generation. And I said, it is a people that do err in their hearts. A people that do err in their hearts and they do not approve, acknowledge, or regard my ways. Wherefore, I swore in my wrath that they would not enter my rest. Complaining people didn't make it into the promised land and who knows they may not have even made it into heaven because they were whiners and complainers and I just want to ask you with all due respect are you a whiner or a complainer do you complain a lot about your life do you complain about things in your life do you complain about what you don't have do you complain about the government's 
Whoa. <laughs> Share to wear your steel toe boots. <clears throat> Listen, let's not get caught up. Y'all, let's get, let's get back on course here. Let's not get caught up in the world's way and, and be so uh, caught up in the negativity of the world that it robs us of our gratitude. It's important for us to decisively keep our gratitude. Listen to this. If we could shrink the earth's population to a village of 100 people, stay with me. Here's the way it would look. There would be 57 Asians, 21 Europeans, 14 from the Western Hemisphere, and eight Africans. 50 out of the 100 would suffer from malnutrition, and one would be near death. 50 out of 100 would suffer from malnutrition and one would be near death. 80 out of the 100 would live in substandard housing. 70 would be unable to read. Six would possess more than half of the world's wealth and all six would be from North America. God has blessed America because America has chosen to be thankful to God and to place as an emblem in God we trust. And my goodness, it's the job of the church today to keep the trust in God and to have an attitude of gratitude for the, the things that God has blessed America with because the things that, that America is has been immensely blessed with has been blessed because our forefathers put God in the right place and acknowledged him and had trust and faith and confidence in him. And they actually knelt down after they, they, they wrote the constitution and they thanked God for the information that God gave them so that, the, that this nation could be one nation under God. My goodness, if we ever needed to get back to one nation under God, we need it today. But the only way that will happen is if the church rises up, the church of the living God. I'm not talking about churches that don't worship the living God. I'm going to talk about the churches that of the living God, that have a God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, a God that feels the infirmities that we feel, a God that cares for us. My goodness, we have a God who knows us intimately and a God that is with us, Emmanuel. God with us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be a friend that sticks even closer than a brother. If we, we got a lot to be thankful for, and we need to let it out. Amen. So we need to look in and have an inward look at our heart. Today it says, if you will hear the voice and harden not your heart, don't let your heart get hardened. Guard your heart with all diligence. Don't become jaded by how people have treated you. 
Don't become jaded by uh, the church people that, that didn't do what you thought they should do or didn't live the way they, or by the preacher because he didn't. Don't, don't, get, don't allow yourself to be jaded by the things that, that are not healthy for you because of the expectations that you have. Let God be God in you. And don't let anybody else mess that up. Amen? Because you are responsible for you. God's gifts are only a blessing if they are used the way that he intends for them to be used. I want to read Psalm 100. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Let it out. Serve the Lord with with gladness. Don't be a mealy mouth, mild mannered man that meekly meets and methodically ministers. Be a mountain moving man that masterfully mends the messed up minds of mankind. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are the people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Thank you, Lord. And his truth endures to all generations. His truth endures to all generations. In other words, when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, what he meant was that every generation there will be somebody that chooses to be thankful, somebody that chooses to come into his presence with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. There'll be somebody that chooses to rise up above the consequences of this world and uh, and rise up above the, the circumstances of their life and not be intimidated by the things that the world says, but, it, but obedient to the things that God says. Somebody's going to rise up. He said, I'm going to build my church. And he's going to build his church with or without us. He's going to build his church whether you're there or not. I just made up my mind. I'm going to be there. Are you all with me? I mean, live, die, sink, or swim. What's the worst that can happen? We die and go to heaven. How bad can that be? This last week, I did something really, really stupid. Anybody ever do something? You're so embarrassed over it, you didn't want anybody to... That was me. And I didn't want to tell you about this, but I felt like when I was driving in this morning, I'm like, Lord, no, please, no. I don't want to say that. I felt like I should. Because I think too many times, stay with me, I think too many times we get caught up in our own pride, and we don't want anybody thinking that, that, that we that we're not as smart as we think we are. So I'm pulling out my driveway. I, we got the uh, World Series finale coming up in Las Vegas, and I'm practicing. I'm trying to get ready. So I got my horses loaded up in my trailer, and I'm pulling out the driveway. And we, this has been a kind of a hectic week 
force, a lot going on, and I'm texting, trying to get some stuff done while I'm pulling out of the driveway, and I look up, and my truck is about that far f from one of the trees in my driveway. And I slam on the brakes, and the truck stops about that far from that tree. <clears throat> my horse, whoom, they come up the front, it, it, it didn't hurt them, but they didn't like it. <laughs> and, and it's like, I hope nobody saw it. I hope my neighbors weren't watching. I hope Darla didn't see that. I hope nobody's like, that was just really dumb. Then my phone just rings right there. <laughs> and it's Darla said, what are you doing? I'm just being stupid. No. <clears throat> I think the devil wants to rob us of being real and put more pride in us. And, and it happens when we, when we fail to sing in church. It happens when we fail to get on our knees and go to the altar. It happens when we fail to bow down before him. And we just get this little prideful thing in us. And, oh, no. Hey, don't worry about what people are thinking. Chances are real good. They're not even thinking. And you're worried about it. Think about what God's thinking instead of what everybody else is thinking. He said, bow down. Well, just go ahead and do that. He says, sing. Let it out. Be a worshiper. Sing hallelujah. That's all I got. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thanks for helping us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for everything. All the good things that come in our lives. We know. We know that it's from you. And so we just thank you, Lord, for all of the good things. Help us, Lord, to, uh, to be the sheep of your pasture. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second this morning. I want you to know that the Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. Everybody in this room has sinned. But the difference is, is that Jesus said you must be born again and you must accept him as your personal savior if you want to go to heaven, if you want to make him the Lord of your life you, and you want to go to heaven, you must be born again. What that means is that you're born of the spirit. You were born from your mother's womb, but Jesus said you must have a spiritual birth. And that's, that's when you accept Christ as your personal savior. It doesn't mean that you'll be perfect, but what it means is do you invite Christ to come into your life to be the Lord of your life? So this morning, if you've never accepted him as your savior, it's crucial that you make that choice and you make that decision to invite him to come into your life because what that'll happen, you'll be able to enjoy the present, his presence. You'll be able to enjoy the fact that he lives with you and he cares for you and, and he will help you and guide you and direct you. And he'll know, he knows us better than we know ourselves. So this morning, if you've never accepted him, maybe if you have, you just really haven't been living for him. Simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. Yep, thank you in the back. Thank you. You can put your hand down once you get your Bible. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. <clears throat> I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord.
Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Just wanted to raise your hand. Would you mind looking up at me if you raise your hand? Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Back in the back, would you mind? I'd love to pray with you if you don't mind. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. One of the greatest gifts that God wants to give us is the gift of forgiveness. Have you ever transgressed against somebody and they just like, well, I forgive you. It just takes a big weight off, off of our shoulders. And that's what God wants to do for us today is he just wants to forgive us and uh, let us come into his life. Tell me your name. Moses. Moses? Yes. Wow, no kidding. <laughs> that's cool. I preached about you today. Yeah. That's good. You're not here by accident, Moses. God, God brought you here for this. I think you know that now. I want to help you pray, okay? So what I'm going to have you do, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, that we'll be saved. So I want to help you pray. Can we do that? Just repeat after me. Y'all help us. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's cool, man. You know what God did like in the Old Testament? He chose Moses. Today God chose you. This is for you. This whole, this whole deal right now is for you. Because he loves you like that. It's cool, isn't it? Welcome to the family. Keep showing up. Go visit this guy for just a second. Would you stand with me, please? I feel like there's somebody watching online. This morning, you invited Christ to come into your heart too. And I just want to encourage you to, 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 to live, begin to live your life for him because of the commitment that you just made to him when you accepted him as your personal savior. I'm happy for you. Amen. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for y'all. I think we all need help. Would we kind of agree with that? That we need help, that we don't, we don't develop a bad attitude and that we're careful not to complain and be a whiner about things that are happening in our world and in our culture. But, but we look to Jesus for all of the answers that we have. And I'm not, we do have to do our part. But if, if, if we allow the attitude of this world to consume us, it'll rob us of our gratitude. And it'll rob us of our joy. So let's fight for our gratitude. Let's fight for our joy. If you agree with me, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. So Lord, I thank you, Lord, for loving us. I thank you for everybody here today. I pray, oh God, that you would help us, Lord, to be faithful to you in every area of our lives, that you would help us to guard our heart, not to allow our hearts to be hardened because the hardened society that we live in, Lord. May we be the fruit of the Spirit and bear much fruit, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you would help us to be examples for our world, that we would rise up above and that we would not be people that go along with 
the current, Lord, but that we would go against the current of this world, knowing that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before you, you endured the cross, you despised the shame of the cross, but now, God, Lord Jesus, you said that you are sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for us. So, Lord, pray for us, oh God, and I pray, Lord, that you would just help us, Lord, to overcome any and every issue in our lives, and Holy Spirit, endure us with power from on high, we pray, and we speak victory to ourselves and to the church of the living God. In every church that names the name of Jesus, in your name we pray, and everybody said. Amen. God bless y'all. We love you. Keep coming back. We got our prayer team. If you need special prayer, love to have you. If you want to pray at the altars, they're always open. God bless you.